In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. These are the words that historically have marked the start of the divine service, that phrase that we know as the invocation. God's people from all times and places have been brought together calling on God's name to receive the gifts that he gives. We come together in the name of God. This is the God who created us, who sustains us and all things, who redeems us, who brings us together and sanctifies us. God's doing all that even if you're never thinking about it. Before we get into any of that, let's back this conversation up just a little bit. You've got a name. It might be the name that was printed on your birth certificate. Maybe the name you use, though, is one that you acquired as a nickname somewhere along the way over the years. I suppose it's also possible that maybe you're living under an assumed name. We'll just kind of put that off to the side for now. So what does your name say about you? When our children were born, my wife and I gave a lot of thought as to what names we were going to be giving them. We wanted to give them names that they could carry through life with joy, names that would remind them about who they are. We even waited until the day after they were born before we'd locked in those names out of our top choices just to make sure that they would match these little newborns. We hope that they would be proud of their name. Your name says something about you. Now, there are some names that I doubt you would ever want to give to your child. Some names have become infamous. A person has done something or said something to bring shame to the name that they bear, and it can have a lasting impact. But do you know anyone who has annoyed you or offended you at some point in the past, so much so that even the sound of their name puts you off? On the other hand, some names simply just go out of fashion, only to reemerge decades later, connecting across the generations. So are you worthy of your name? Each day, you and I can and do say things or do things that might tarnish our names, even if only slightly. So consider this past week. Has your life reflected well or poorly in the eyes of your family? What does it say about your name and that relationship? Or what about in the eyes of the people, the stranger that you might only see for a few seconds, a few minutes in a day, and then go on your way? What you say, what you do, what you think, even when you are alone, what if it all reflected back on your name? What if God gave you his name? That's exactly what happens in holy baptism. Between last weekend and next weekend, we are celebrating that four children are being adopted into God's family through water in the Word. They're given a new life. They're given a new identity as God's redeemed in Christ. And no matter what other identity the world might try to put on them, 
Beyond all of those, at the foundation is that identity they have as a redeemed child of God. They're brought into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, following that commission that Jesus gave to his disciples, to his church, which we heard in Matthew 28. By God's grace, they become a part of our life together, life that we share in the name. On this feast of the Holy Trinity, especially if you have been washed in the waters of holy baptism, if you have been washed by God's grace, consider who you are and whose you are. God the Father has made you his own child. You're no longer spiritually dead, but alive in God the Son. And God the Holy Spirit has made you a part of something greater than yourself. He has named you as a bearer of the light of Christ. You can start each new day in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. For the baptized, each new day is a new beginning. Instead of fearing the future, you can face it in the trust that the God who created and sustains all things is going to see you through. Jesus has promised to be with you always, even to the very end of the age, the end of all time. He has sent his spirit to give you faith, to give you hope, to give you strength through each of the new days that waits ahead. And you can end each day in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Spirit. Because wrestling with the sin inside us, neither you nor I have followed Jesus as we should. We've fallen short. We have not lived in a way that is worthy of the name that we have been given, the name we share in Christ. But the triune God doesn't disown his children. He should, but instead, he gives them his honor. He gives them himself. He forgives and gives new life. As God gathers us together this weekend, we profess the faith that we share using the words of the Athanasian Creed. Now this particular creed goes into some detail. Some people might say way too much detail, but detail that is important because it talks about who God is and what it means to look to God in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. This is the God who loves us, the God who has revealed himself to us in his word. This is the God who gives us faith. Faith is God's gift. It brings life to the dead. And working in us, faith clings to the promises given by the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Faith points us and keeps pointing us to this Jesus of Nazareth who is both God and Lord, Christ, for a whole world of people who are not worthy to bear his name. And yet, he keeps giving it freely. 
So as you go out there into the world, you bear the name of God. You are the church. Be the church. Jesus' great commission for his church is about following him. It's about living in the name. We follow Jesus to become more like him. We welcome others into our family of faith, into our family of faith and into that name so that they might do the same. So look to Jesus as you join him on his mission to bring restored life with God to the world around us. Look to Jesus and receive those gifts of faith, hope, and love. Look to Jesus and remember who you are and whose you are. Amen.